This episode of Outlander Cast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. And for those of you who don't know, this month of March is very special. I'm running for a major promotion at Minute with Mary. So if you've never purchased anything there and you would like a complimentary consultation, you can simply do that by sending me a message on Facebook. That's right. This girl that's like in your earbuds. Mm -hmm. I'm a real life person and I love to help people feel more confident and creative when it comes to their makeup and skincare. And my number one most popular item is mascara. It's simple. If you've got eyeballs and eyelashes, you can put it on. And this month, my 4D Epic Mascara, my very dramatic, uh, deep, dark, lash lengthening mascara is on 15% discount for any listener of Outlander Cast. You can find that at minutewithmary.com slash discount. And if you need anything else, just shoot me a message. By the way, I just have to say this as as the person who helps fulfill the orders, yes. the amount of people that purchased the last week the three the 4D mascara. Yeah. It was hard for me to keep up. Thank you. So I'm thank just you, saying, thank you, thank you. Don't miss out on this. The whole world is getting it. Not not the whole world, but the whole Outlander cast <laughs> world is getting in on on this. Don't miss out. Thanks, guys. Out minutewithmary.com slash discount. Martin, what are you thinking coming back? I'm a fool, as you said. As are you, and as is the colonel. Are you both telling me that if someone told you to leave, told you that you'd never see Mistress Mackenzie or Mistress Fraser again, you'd stand for it? That you'd obey without a fight? If either of you would go and leave the women you love with all your hearts, say it now. Say you'd go and I'll walk out of here without another word. I roll. <laughs> I'm judging. all the way from providence rhode island welcome to outlander cast it's a podcast dedicated to the show outlander on stars Larson. My name is Blake, and I'm still happy to report that I don't have the coronavirus. Oh my gosh. Don't have, even though Rhode Island has now just officially gone on As of state an of hour emergency. ago. An hour ago, we are official state of emergency. It's okay. Which, you know, A I mean, lot of states are. Yeah, I know. It's it's not like the end of the world state of emergency. But it's you not like know walking the best dead. part is that you can bug out to bug out. You can like geek out to Outlander. By the comfort of your own home, yep. I'm not going to give you a hug. I'm not going to sneeze on you. I'm not going to be doing any of that stuff. So you, my friend, if you're new to Outlander Cast and you've just been joining us recently and you're like, you know, I'm not going to be going out into public. I'm not going to movie theaters. I'm not going to do these things for a little while. You could just snuggle on up and listen to old podcast episodes. Why or, not, man? Just you have, know? have a glass of wine. Go out for a walk in the outdoors and listen yeah. to some podcasts. Get some fresh air. <laughs> Just don't shake hands with anybody. You know what I saw? I, I saw what? an article the other day. Yeah. People should do the Spock thing. Yes. You know, where they I just, posted that article. It, oh, that was you? Okay. Sorry. That was me. Okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> this is they, why we're best friends. Live long and prosper. <laughs> they should do the Spock thing. For those of you who get the benefit of watching us on Facebook Live, live long and prosper. Um, 
Oh, yeah, Mary's having a hard finger, time doing that. That's my finger that has arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, thank you everybody for uh, for listening to us and uh, and enjoying Outlander all with all of us and. Getting ready for episode 504. I know. This is a big week for Blake and I, um, because in addition to Outlander, uh, we also podcast about the show This Is Us on NBC. You can check out our podcast at miriamblake.com. It's called This Is Us Too. Um, so we, we're keeping busy. We're cranking stuff out. We're having our regular episode now. Our listener feedback episode on 504 is going to be coming out on Wednesday. We're going to be recording that live. So if you have not yet submitted your feedback, you can do that by going to outlandercast.com. Click the Speak Pike version... Uh, little button thing yeah just go to outlandercast.com and hit the voicemail button it says it says engage and then below that it will say voicemail click that and then you'll see a button that says speak pipe and then just hit that button it will utilize your uh, microphone in your phone or in your computer your ipad or whatever and then you can just leave us a voice message and it sounds it sounds Beautiful. great. It sounds like you're in studio. So you can find us on all places of social media too, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, and that's where you can find all this stuff as you hunker down a little bit and <laughs> travel that less in the world. But we're here for you and we're here to talk about Outlander. So let's get into the show. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this episode, I'm pumped to talk about it. I'm just going to give a little caveat. Okay, what do if, you got? If anyone listening has only watched this episode one time, you're doing this episode a disservice. Uh, yeah. Putting it out there. Yes, I, I would agree. I would agree. Watch it a couple of times. Watch yes. it at least a couple of times. Yes. Okay, so tell me some of the details about this episode. So the title was called uh, of this episode was called The Company We keep and the writer her name was Barbara Stepanski now Barbara Stepanski is, That's is a, name. a name that you don't know no no and, nor, nor should you know okay uh, I mean she's actually quite a little you know quite a bit of a good director by herself she's actually directed 14 different titles mm-hmm. uh, and she has written many of those actual directorial efforts that she had uh, and then other things as well but this is her first major accomplish like major studio style either episode of television or whatever. And she is new to Outlanda for this season. In fact, uh, she served as the story editor for the first three episodes. Cool. Uh, and even this episode. And I imagine that she will serve as story editor for the remainder of the season. So it's great because, again, bringing on people, mm-hmm. training your own talent, bringing bringing things in, and, and talent in to create and live within the Outlander universe is really good. Now, what is a story editor, right? Everybody wants to, I know what everybody. What is a story editor, Everybody Blake? wants to know exactly what a story editor is. I know you do. And a story editor really has many responsibilities, including uh, getting uh, the new script and, and the breaks down to the writers, uh, developing the stories that they're talking about with the writers, uh, maybe even that the having... To make sure that the scripts are available and are suitable for the whole production overall, uh, they work closely with each writer on each draft for their story and their script, maybe giving the writer feedback on the the, the quality of their work or uh, suggesting improvements that can be made while uh, ensuring that like continuity and the running time is correct. You know, because like for every page of a script, it's about one minute worth of television. 
Yes. So they got to make sure that the, that the timing is right. And that, like, essentially that the Bible that the show has created. <laughs> I like that you said that to me. Uh, no, well, not to you, but to the Oh, I was to, like, to the royal on television. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, the that the Bible that the show has created okay. is getting adhered to. Yes. Making sure that they're doing the thing. Yes. Uh, and making sure that whoever, like, let's say, for example, there are, like, um, episode two was written by Luke Skelhaas and Tony Graffia. Mm-hmm. They get, the story editor has to make sure that the two writers are jiving together and that they're make they're writing the right things and then they have to sew them together that is what um a story editor is is so that's what they do awesome and the director of this was jamie payne your binky uh jamie payne my binky yeah he is my binky thank you for reminding me you're welcome uh and i i gotta give him credit man binky Uh, meaning binky is the thing is um is basically somebody that can't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Just no matter what they do, like again, I'll say it again. Frank was my binky for the first four yeah. seasons, and it technically still my binky, still the binky. <laughs> Always be your binky. <laughs> <laughs> still the binky, uh, just like how Tom Brady is my sports binky. Tom Brady can do no wrong, even if he leaves the Patriots. And this is his big free agent uh, really? season. This this okay. is he might be leaving, uh, and if he leaves. He's still my pinky. He's okay. So uh, so that's that. Uh, Marvin, what do you got for your kilt rating on a okay. one to five kilt rating? Drum roll. Cinco. Of course. Of, of course. course. Really? Yeah, you're dropping fives, man. I didn't drop fives. No, you didn't I've drop five dropped, last episode. Yeah, nor the episode before that. Um, I dropped a five the first episode. Uh, y- y- yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. Okay. When I was yeah. like, sign me up. I want to be a wedding guest. I want to be a wedding p- crasher. This was a five for so many reasons, mm-hmm. and I'm so excited to talk about this episode. All right. How about you? All right. For me, I'm actually giving it the same exact rating that I gave last episode, which is a 4.49. I'm, I'm giving it a 4.49. Um, I'm shook. Uh, you, why, I'm why are you shook? Why are you shooketh? Well, Okay. <laughs> Well, listen, a 4.49 for me in in this case is actually a pretty good thing. Uh, I don't know if the show really knows what to do with Brianna quite yet. I don't think that it does know what to do with Bri. And more importantly, I just feel like they're they're relying and the show has had a has had a penchant for doing this, which is relying on one off characters. You know, and re- relying on them to tell the story that they really should be using our main characters to tell, mm-hmm. and using these one-off characters as a, um, as, as like a, as a as a way to tell the story, and I don't like that. But I will say, for the most part, the craft in this episode once again was quite good, and that's what helps bring this episode up into that category. And it, it it's the same thing as last episode. The craft is incredible, but other things are are bringing it down. So, what do you got for your GBG? Oh, okay. Oh, right. All right. So, I do actually have a GBG for this episode. Normally, when I have something that's a five, definitely when it's a five plus, it's a GGB, a good, great, and best. But today, it's good. Bad, great. Oh, hold on, real quick before you get into that, yeah. we have a we have a comment here. It says, "Wait, Mary, you said you never give a five unless there is sex." Yeah, there was eye sex. <laughs> just, just as good. There was there is some bump and grinding that definitely took place that night that we did not see, but you know, once Jamie was like, 
do you want a baby? Claire did the act that would have produced a baby, you yes, know, absolutely. 10, 15, 20 years before. Um, <laughs> so I know that they had sex in the, so they had sex by that tree. I yes. just don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> in my imagination, they did a few times. In, in your head canon, they had in sex. In my head canon, they. A, a number of times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my good are Fergus and Marsley. Can they please be my neighbors? Can they please be like our couple best friends? Because they're freaking awesome. All right. I love seeing Fergus's dynamic with Roger. Because you yes. know he sits there and he's probably like, why the heck does Roger get to be number one? Like, I. I actually know a little bit more. I've been hanging out with Jamie like since I was a wee baron myself. What's going on? Just because I don't have a hand, man. But like, he has to give it to Roger because it's his son-in-law. Yeah. And yet Fergus just like backs Roger up. He's like, what should we do, Captain? And he's like, open up the whiskey. Are you sure we should do that? Like, Roger kind of keeps him in check. Like, are you sure? Yep. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, and Marsley, of course, is just trying to be such an amazing friend to Bree. Like, doesn't judge her that mm-hmm. she kept her flipping back door open. <laughs> Where, where's Jimmy? Oh, outside the other door that you left wide open, you fool. No, oh, she's just like, God. let me get you a drink, honey. Do you want to talk about it? If you don't, that's fine. Totes fine. I love them both so much. My bad, however, is Mrs. Bug is the worst babysitter ever, okay? Brie left her for, what, five minutes to go buy some cotton and mm-hmm. some orange blossom scent, and she comes back. Strangers are touching Jemmy, don't they know the coronavirus is going on? And then Mrs. Bug's totally cool that some Irish bloke gave Jemmy a choking hazard. Not great, Bob. A coin. <laughs> Mrs. Bug, Jimmy could have put it in his mouth and choked, and she didn't like take it away from him. They rode that entire way, and she's like, "Oh yeah." Then I gave him a little coin. Shame on you, Mrs. Bug. Shame, shame, shame. Shame. Don't leave her with the babies ever again. And then my grade is the same grade that was last episode. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. <laughs> Did it, Jamie make anyone else smile pretty much all the time except when he was not being kind to Roger? And then still you were like, oh, Jamie, you're gonna, you'll figure it out soon. Um, the way that, A, the whole baby conversation, like, what a sweetheart. And the whole talk, I will get into it, um, just... Jamie dancing. Just Jamie oh, overall. How did he remember? How do you remember that whole thing? I was like trying to do it myself. Terrible. Yeah, no, no. You are. I not, can't sword dance. You are not made to sword dance. I would say that you should just not dance. Period. Period. Yeah. You, you have no soul. It's okay. I don't have any soul either. I can't dance. I can do like the step. Yeah, you snap. can snap. You like a hitch. You yeah. live. You live yeah. right here. That's me. That's right here. me. Okay, Arm, we can't even do it together. Forearms at the waist. <laughs> Forearms at the waist. <laughs> All right. right so there. it's your DVD. <laughs> All right. Um, my good. The first one is uh, actually Jamie. Jamie Payne. Again, <laughs> it's my boy. It's my binky. Yes. I, I'm, I was going to make him my great. I was going to do it, but something else happened that was great. So I have, okay. I have to go with it. But uh, the directing and obviously the cinematography mm-hmm. uh, by Alistair Walker, uh, this, the cinematography here and the lighting and the directing is the, 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 the beautiful, the beautiful artwork that we're watching uh when it comes to Outlander, this is something that the show, I know we talked about it last week, but I got to reiterate this. The show was so flat in season four. And for a lot of season three, it was so flat. Visually. Visually. 
and in this season, there is real depth and there is real color. And Mary and I actually, for my birthday princess week that just ended, we actually went to go see the movie 1917. And why is this pertinent? Because the guy who was the cinematographer for, for it, uh, his name is Roger Deakins. He's actually like the world's most prolific cinematographer there is. Actually just won an Oscar finally. He is incredible. And Roger Deakins in the cinematography for 1917 was gorgeous. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because the, they're in, for a lot of the scenes, they're in these bunkers. And it's just, it's only lit by candlelight mm-hmm. and it's only lit by like lamplight. And that is it. It is black and orange and a couple of greens. And that's what you get for lighting. And Roger Deakins always says, don't be afraid of black. Don't be afraid of dark. Like don't use that to your advantage. Yeah. Use use that that depth of color. Bring the black in. Let mm-hmm. it let it be inky. Let it just overtake the rest of the frame and then where you need the light, put it there. Nice. That's it. And when I was watching not only the last episode but this episode you could tell that mm-hmm. Jamie Payne is not afraid of black. He ain't afraid of the dark. He's letting these things be inky. And I really, really, really like that. The uh, bad for me. <sighs> we are a quarter into this season. Yeah, we are. And two, we are. The last, uh, no, the last two episodes have felt like the first dun, 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 episode dun. three. <laughs> episode three was the X-Files. Yes. Episode four was Law and Order. Yes. That's what this was for me. Okay. And well, and I know, I know. You know, I know you need to have faith. There's got to be things coming up. Just just roll. Show watchers only. Just roll. We now, promise. This wasn't Monster of the Week, but this was this was like the blacklist. Bad Ran- guy of the random week. Random cranky guy of the week yeah. who's got beef. Okay. And like and everything gets tied up with a nice little bow by okay. the end. And there's this cute little um there's this cute little voiceover at the end and everything's hunky dory and we're moving forward. That does not feel like Outlander to me. The show has made its bones on being a serialized show where each episode leads into the next. Essentially, you're wa- you're watching a 12 to 13 hour ep- um, movie. That's what you're watching. And this feels very chopped. It feels very like... We will see how you feel about this episode shortly. Yes. Okay. So, but my great... <laughs> my great is I'll actually, leave it there. My great is actually a tie. Uh, the first one, mm. Stephen Bonnet on the title card. Oh my God. So oh, good. with the coin. And, and I always <laughs> wish I could do that thing with the coin on my fingers. I know. Uh, Maybe I, you could do it with the bottle cap. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, I've always wanted to be able to do that, number one. But the title cards for this season have been awesome. Um, and because they're not like, you got to quit it, kiddo. You got to quit it. She's trying to do the finger thing with a bottle cap. Um, the title cards have been really cool this season because they're not directly referenced in the episodes the way that they were in seasons past they're like mini shorts that relate to the episodes which are which is so fracking cool it's really really wonderful and that presence in like even mary and i were engaged the second we saw the 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 coin we were like oh my god that has to be bonnet yeah like we saw the coat we saw the whole thing we saw the like how it was on his fingers yeah like we we were engaged yes. with the title card yes which is excellent and that's all you needed 
And the, the looming presence of Stephen Bonnet throughout this episode relates back to the title card, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate it. Agreed. That. But the, the, the real great okay. is the real great, and this is what brings the episode up for me, is relationships, relationships, relationships. I cannot stress this enough. I've said it a billion times. I will say it a billion more times, but before I die, any good television, any good movie, anything that's well written is based on relationships, mm-hmm. and we have got that a plenty in yes, this episode. You do. Whether it is Jamie with Claire, um, uh, Brianna with Marceline, yeah, uh, Brianna and uh, Stephen Bonnet, uh, Roger to Jamie, Roger to Claire. All of these relationships were yes. given very specific time. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm not a big fan of the episodic feel, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the amount of time I've spent with these relationships. I spent all last season complaining about where the hell are the relationships? How are these people interacting? They don't. It's just they're moving from plot to plot to plot. In this episode, that did not happen. It was the opposite. And I really liked that. That was, so that's my grade. Nice. So that's that, Marvin. Uh, your takes. What do you got for your takes on this one? Oh, like we're jumping where, yeah, on where, it. Where do you want to start? Oh, all right. Well, like, do we want to start? Do you want to start at the ridge? Let's start at the ridge. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so obviously, you know, Brie gets to go have some retail therapy. We've all been there (laughs) and needs to get some necessities, obviously. Uh, Seems very happy, of course. And then Mrs. Bug is talking about dumplings. (laughs) If you missed her conversation, you need to watch it with the closed captions because she and her hubby have this little like bickering going on. Like you went into town for sugar and all you're going to make me are dumplings. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. Um, But of course, you know, she... uh, let's talk about this, the Ridge and like what's going on here. So she gets to hear that possibly an Irishman who she may know bonnet Mm -hmm. um, is in town asking, asking about her baby. Yeah. Well, not, not at, well, I mean, yes, technically asking about the baby, but just like, you know, just peeking in, just peeking in, giving, Mm -hmm. giving a wee keek, if you will. Yeah. You know, Uh, and again, I, I, I cannot get over like that was such an exquisite thing to write in into this episode. Mm-hmm. I give your girl Barbara Stepanski. Step- Barbara, you're bad. I'm going to call you Babs. Okay, Babs, that was the best move you did for the entire episode. Ooh, that was the best. That 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 one. You know what? No, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. That move is the best agreed because while the show i still i maintain has no idea what to do with brie uh especially when she's on her own um and and i i I am almost to the point where i think that the show doesn't know what to do with roger but no don't worry (laughs) don't worry (laughs) um but you can tell that they're they don't know what they're doing that's the thing is they don't know what they're doing with themselves so what i'm saying what i'm getting at is their 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 life is kind of stuck and yes. they have to, and, and the writers and Babs has got to make this um, stick, and it's got to give us something relevant. Otherwise, yeah. what the hell are we watching for? So the whole thing of like if we had just seen Jemmy and he kind of 
w- w- like crawled away and, and she started freaking out, it would have been like, okay, well, what the hell does that mean? But when you see that shot that Jamie Payne has from the woods looking into with that the, animal in, how into the big oh into the big house yes where you're you're not, not that was the daytime one but you were like behind trees yeah you're not quite you were, sure that if you're in the are you a person I, you're are you in the POV of of Stephen Bonnet is he there is he not there and that beca- was intense and because of that coin we now have that tension we know that Bonnet has a drop on these guys and where they are. So oh, when, when Brie is freaking out, yes. it's kind of, it's, it's dramatic for the sake of drama, but it still has that underlying looming tension mm-hmm. of Stephen Bonnet. And mm-hmm. that is why this was the best move that Babs did for this entire episode, mm-hmm. because that actually makes what's happening to Brianna relevant. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Otherwise, why are we spending any time with her? Why do I care? I mean, I care that her kid crawled away. Yeah, sure, and she's a mom, and she's flipping out, but whatever. That That's just drama for drama's sake. But the relationship that she has with Bonnet because of this makes that spectacular stuff. So then, of course, you know, so she's having this in her head, and she has to work quickly on her feet. She has to say, oh, you know, whatever, I just don't want those, you know, the, how the Irish are with their superstitions, and I don't want it filling Jim, Jimmy's head. Um and then we get, of course, the scene later on where she is there with Jermaine and Jemmy and goes out just to go get some more firewood. And, you know, it's so funny because like the 2020 mom that I am, who's like baby proofed our house to the max. Mm-hmm. I was getting heart palpitations <laughs> to seeing her walk outside oh, while yeah. the babies are on the floor next to an open hearth. Okay, now mind you, this is a very different day and age. Like kids probably like you go near the heat, you feel it, and you learn your lesson. That's not how 2020 moms are. I'll tell <laughs> no, you what. There no. would have been some gates. There would have been like leashes. Like the baby would have been in a little leash, the like bouncy thing hanging Drones from the ceiling. We're keeping the kids in. The back in. door certainly would not have been open. <laughs> no, God, God no. Uh, let's be real. I have what padlock? Not padlocks. What uh, do yeah, I have? Chain locks. I have chain locks on all our doors. Windows like, would be closed. There'd be no. Win- it wouldn't even be windows open. In fact, that kid would be wearing a bubble. Yes. He'd be a bubble boy. Yes. yes so as, as Brie walks out to go get firewood, I sat there being like, why'd she just leave the babies in the house next to the open fire? Oh my goodness gracious. And of course, oh, sorry. Whoop, whoop, um, of course, you know, then she hears the, the animal cry, runs inside. Yep. And I lost it. I lost it for a hot second. What do you mean? I was feeling the fear of Brie. Oh, okay. Where's the baby? Yes. It was like Ghostbusters. I was picturing him like outside on the little ledge, <laughs> you know, like just crawling along. Um, Are you the gatekeeper? And then, of course, she, she's screaming enough. So, so Lizzie and Marsley come down. And this is how you know that Marsley, this ain't her first time at the rodeo. Oh, no. Marsley's, Marsley's had a couple barons of her. You know, it, it's the difference. Well it's so funny because it reminded me of a Facebook meme where it's like first time mom and like they've got all the perfect little baby book pictures yeah. and they're like, oh, my baby's one and a half months old. Like, you know, doing all the little dated boiling pictures. Binkies. Boiling the binkies. Like sanitizing everything. And then you've got the mom of two, three, four plus babies who like the binky drops on the floor and she just looks at it and shoves it back in the kid's mouth. Or like sticks it in her mouth and then puts it yeah, in or just like mouth. wipes it off on her pants. <laughs> yeah, like Marcelie is totally repping the moms of multiple kids in this episode. Yeah. She she doesn't fret. She's like, Jermaine, where's the babe? And he's yeah. like, ball. She walks out. And she's, she's like, like yeah. they're cute. 
Yeah, that's great. Look Good at job. him. He just wanted his ball. <laughs> Let's go pour us a drink. <laughs> oh. So I love the friendship and I loved how Marsley opened the door. Marsley is really, really trying to like Oh yeah. Let both Claire and Brie know I'm here. There's a lot to you, complicated women. <laughs> a yeah. lot to you. But I'm here for you. Yeah. And I loved her little story that she was able to share with Brie. Yeah, which was purposely done. Like she purposely hyperbolized it so that she could make a point. I killed my dad. But she knew that she didn't kill her dad. She's proving a point to Brie, which is... I stopped there for a second. And I was like, all right, let's see where they're going to go with this in this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, you know, I, I killed my dad. And Brie tells, no, tells her, no, just because you think it doesn't mean that you did it. And... Of course, she has to she has to have the retort to the same thing to Brie. Well, just because you think it doesn't mean that it actually happened. Mm-hmm. So relax. And I loved that that reversal, that reversal. And I am all about the hashtag Mossily life. I want more Mossily in my life than like I ever thought I needed. Because that girl, the girl who plays her, and the character herself is just the best. Agreed. And again, it, we we talked about this last episode. Um, getting relationships that you don't necessarily know that you want mm. or, or that you need or know that you need. Yeah. Having that good relationship dynamic between people who aren't normally together. We actually get this a lot in, in This Is Us, uh, uh, on This Is Us too. Mm-hmm. When you get certain characters that yeah. interact with each other that, that don't normally do it. Agreed. And you don't normally have Brie and Marsley react, uh, interacting together. Mm-hmm. Because of that... And again, the show in the past number of seasons has relied on these one-off one-off characters to tell its story. But finally, we're like home, yes. and we can finally get people that we actually kind of care about. And then, and then it becomes the snake that eats its own tail. Yes, like okay, we're getting the interaction finally, and that makes us care, which makes us want to have more interaction, which makes us care more. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you already that within four episodes of, of Masoli in season five, I care more about her more than I ever cared about Roger, even to this day mm-hmm. so far. So they're, they're pushing it in the right direction, in my opinion. I would agree. They're pushing Marsley in the right direction. Completely agree. Yeah, between her relationship with Claire and now Bree and what they're yes. doing. No, it's beautiful. And how the girl is trying to sit down and just have a nice conversation. Be like, what's going on? You got to yes. tell me. Does, Open up. Does it piss you off that Bree can't talk about it or is it something that you understand? Oh, it really pisses me off. Why does it piss you off? Uh, because I just feel like Marsley really wants to be someone's best friend. She's got a hell of a lot of kids. Okay. <laughs> her husband, her husband is obviously her best friend. Fergus and Marsley have much of the oh, same humor. Yeah. I, I actually, when I watched them this episode, I thought about you and I, really? so for you guys Aww. who don't know, Blake and I are like besties Aww. in addition to being married and everyone's while we'll just like crack each other up. We'll be like in bed talking about something and we'll just like laugh and we think each other are goofy and both Fergus and Marsley just were have been dynamite and I can picture the two of them like oh you'll never guess what happened <laughs> like Jamie and Claire had a baby it was really quick like you you know like t- retelling her this joke <laughs> or whatever quick my lord <laughs> like I can just see them laughing together so even though they're apart we're not seeing them together yes. like you can tell that this couple is 
is great and we're destined to be with each other. You Absolutely. know what I mean? As 15 year old Marsley was like, I need to marry him. Yeah, she did. She really did. Mm-hmm. So moving on, of course, let's follow Fergus. Follow Fergus on his little cheering on Roger, I, Roger Mack. Uh, before we get into Ro- he and Roger, I just have to say there was this moment when Jamie was doing his dance and the drums started. But at the same time the drums started, there you could see, you could see Fergus's regular hand and his wooden hand <laughs> clapping at the same beat of the drum. And Blake thought this when sound. I first thought it when I first saw it, I thought it was the sound of his wooden hand making the sound of the drum. The other thing that Blake thought was funny this episode is he doesn't really watch it with closed captions. No, I don't. My second watch is a closed caption watch. Um, And when Jamie kisses Claire's head, it says smooch. It says smooches. Smooch. And Blake rewound it three times. He was like, Mary, watch this. I didn't know what he was talking about because I'm so just, just so used to the closed caption that he was like, it says smooches. <laughs> it's just, it was just funny. Like yes. it was just, it felt like one of those memes that you're just like, oh, smooches. Yeah. So cute. So we've you got know? Fergus who has, I think, the best role out of this uh, militia, you know? What do you mean? He's not in charge. Like, this is when you don't want to be in charge, especially if you're someone like Roger Mack, right. who has no idea really what he's doing in this current age. Bless his little heart. Talking about World War One, and Jamie doesn't even like, ask what him what that means. <laughs> Jamie's just like, shut up. Dude, bro, you suck. I don't care about Rome. <laughs> But Fergus, like, that's what I'm telling you. Like, Fergus is just kind of like, you know, I don't know if this is the wisest choice, but I'm also not in charge, so I'm not going to get in trouble. And then he just gets to go drink, talking about champagne, busting jokes. (laughs) Like, he's not held accountable. He's he's got the easy job. So I'm pretty excited for him in this episode. I did love him. So here we go, where uh, Roger and and his militia are heading on into, into Brownsville. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, actually, I have a question for you before we get into that. Yeah. Um, Roger and Fergus. Oh, yeah. Are they supposed to be like the same age? Um, I think that Roger's older. I think that he's older, too. I, I'm not 100% sure. The reason why I bring it up is just because I feel like even though, again, relationships. Yeah, I think Roger's older, like a bit older, re- relate- like a decade. Uh, yeah, you might be right. You might be right. I'm not 100% sure, so I, you I don't will know. know. Angela Hickey will know, and she's on our Facebook Live right yeah, now. Yeah, so, so Angela, give us the answer when you get it. Um, the reason why I bring it up is because there's like there's a great, what appears to be rapport between the two, and they're almost like, they're, 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 um, they're colleagues. They're, they yeah. are contemporaries. Yes. Okay? And there's this great moment in when they first enter Brownsville, when Roger's coming in and- Angel says, Fergus is older. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. They're, they're around the same, they're contemporaries. There's this great moment when they, fi- when they first enter Brownsville and Roger's walking up and being like, hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And Fergus, who is a kid that is not a historian and is not didn't go to Oxford. He's very- um, aware of life and and he grew up in a rough way knows what's about to happen and he's like roger don't move yes stay right there just just shut the hell up (laughs) stop talking (laughs) and we're gonna we're gonna figure this out and you could see how 
you could he you could see how Fergus could see what was happening instantly. And I, I thought that was this great partnership between the two. Once again, two people that don't interact normally at the same time, all the time, uh, having these two together is really good. Agreed. It is really quite good. So, And we've seen them near each other throughout this whole entire process. So you yes. need to know that they're having quite a lot of bonding. Yes. Um, and it, it's just, I'm, I'm loving, uh, I'm just loving the Fergus on, on screen. I love Fergus, but I'm loving Fergus on screen. Yeah, Fergus on screen is... And his boots. Uh, yeah, he is, he is great. You, you almost get a sense of good feeling about him. I, I loved um, when Fergus tells Jamie, eh, we had a little bit of a small complication. <laughs> and you, you just, you could see it in Fergus's eyes where he's like, oh, Jamie ain't going to be happy, man. Ain't going to be happy. This is going to be ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm liking Fergus in this season because he shows up, he does what he does, and see you later. You're, you're right, Mary. He has he has the best role in the entire in the entire in, like and he, militia. Like you said, like he's he's got the street smarts. You know, he's yep. the one that has like is like um hold up. These people have guns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like let's just hold back a little. But bit. he also he also defers to Roger. He's like exactly Captain. What are we gonna do? What what are we gonna do? And he just, and like you said, Mary, he just goes along and he does what he can. And you can tell that he honestly has Roger's back when all the people, when like three or four people are deserting, you know, I think Fergus does the right thing in saying, listen, I understand where you're coming from, but these people don't. So like, mm-hmm. you know, like you, they, you, they lost respect for you. And so he's being honest. Yes. And, but he's doing the best that he can to help, which I think is great. So there's Roger yep. rolling into town. With all these people mad because Isaiah slept with this girl, mm-hmm. Alicia. Uh, Alicia. Alicia. Um, and they want him dead. Did Roger make the right choice oh, in see, your a, opinion? That's a good question. Oh, thank you. That's a really good question because this leads into what I want to make a point about for Jamie. But uh, it's almost like you're a paid professional to do this. <laughs> um did he do the right thing? Um, my my gut tells me yes. Get them. Hopefully, you get them so drunk they forget, uh, or you get them drunk enough where they just where you can do what Jamie eventually did: break the guy loose and just send them off. See you later. What would Jamie have done? Now he says what he thinks he would have done, and that's the thing here. But that, is that really what Jamie would have done? That's the thing here. I. I got this, okay, for most of you, you know that my relationship with my dad is not a good relationship right now. In fact, it's, uh, it's quite bad. And, or even non-existent, at, at more like that. Um, and my whole life, especially at work, because I work with my dad, uh, you know, whenever you made a decision, you were always questioned. And you, when, you, when I would say, to him, okay, well, what would you do differently? It was never a real clear answer. It was, well, what you did was wrong. Blah, 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 blah. So when Roger is making these decisions and he's been entrusted with these decisions, Jamie comes right, walking up and saying, yeah, well, you screwed it up. Roger's like, well, what do you want me to do, bro? Like, I, I did the best that I could. I loved how he was like, and I was just hoping to stall until you came. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and luckily, you did. <laughs> you know? Um, 
so I really related to that. I really, I really found that to be a real thing where no matter what you do, it, it, you're never going to have the right answer. Nobody died. Right. Like, that's the thing. Nobody died. He didn't lose any of these soldiers who he promised to keep safe. He doesn't have the wherewithal, nor know what is right within this time to even like make these grand decisions. And he probably knows no matter what decision he would make, he would have been told by Jamie he made the wrong one. Right. Because let's say he says, okay, you know, we're blowing the doors off. All right. Screw you guys. We're going in. Jamie can turn around and say, well, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing wasting bullets, number one, and then number two, risking the lives of our entire militia for o- over these jabronis who all have the same last name. They all live in the same friggin' town. Like, what are, what are you doing? It's like Whoville. Yeah. What? So, no, no. How do you feel about these people? What kind of vibe do you get? Dude, I've been getting a, like a real Hills Have Eyes feeling from this season. <laughs> So many, like, like, like seriously. That's well, it's like that country peeps, you know. Yeah. And this is. I'm not gonna go quite deliverance, but it's it's I'm I'm like on a scale of deliverance to like normal people, I'm more on the deliverance side. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'd put it that way. Um, yeah, no, I'm not feeling these people. How do you feel about Isaiah? <clears throat> Which one's Isaiah? Bow chicka wow wow. Oh, more, uh, more, uh, yeah, whatever guys do stupid things you know it it was really hard for me to actually watch that scene when he was you know talking to roger and claire and jamie the one that you actually played early on where it's like wouldn't you do anything for the person that you love and come back and i want to be like bro you're married you made an oath yeah like and then i'm sitting there and claire's like well I did the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, I was married, and then I stayed with Jamie. Um, right, but so of course that's why it's also poignant. Um, but you know, just sitting there, I know that it is. It's you're supposed to get caught up in it, but I'm thinking his poor wife's at home right now. Yeah, do, doing Lord knows what. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, okay, so just wait. Maybe she's just waiting for me and popcorn. Isaiah will be home soon. Or maybe she's pumped. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she's binging like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel and like getting pedicures and yeah. Oh yeah. Living it up. I mean, that's what I hope Mrs. Morton is doing. I hope that she is literally like calling her girlfriends over, having some wine and being like, he's gone and watching Outlander. (laughs) Um, Technically they did say within the show before people start yelling at us, we know that, they, they've been not in the same house for like two years. They haven't slept in the same bed for two oh, years. I so know. we know, we know, we get it. But yes, in our, our head canon, she is getting pedicures, having glasses of wine and watching Outlander. <laughs> You're um, fine. Uh, no, Morton, Morton, I mean, he, hey, listen, he loves a girl. He, does, he did what he did. And I, it's just funny because they, they have built this character up over the past you know, four episodes, really two, uh, to to do this, to have this thing. Like all of a sudden, this guy just showed up out of nowhere in episode one with the stupid hat, and he's the one giving the uh, the oath before Roger did. And so we build him up just for this and for him to go away. And I, it was very Princess Bride. Yes. Why the heck did they choose for the show for them to leave in like broad daylight? Yeah, I I don't. Well, I mean, I think I know why they did that. And because they wanted the excuse of having the horses so that everybody else would go in the opposite direction 
But I think in the books, and we have people on Facebook Live, I think in the books they still leave at night and they do stuff with the horses because there's snow and they want to like mess up the tracks. Like I think they actually left at night in the books and still had horses. So I I just was laughing because I'm like, it's not even like they left at dawn where it was like a little bit of light. It was just like, here we go. (laughs) Nobody's, and you know, they're giving each other little looks like, okay, go. Okay, you go. I'm like, it is broad daylight, guys. And then then they hit the barrels and you're like, (laughs) oh, come on. Like, that's the kind of thing that I don't like. When the horse hits the barrels just for the sake of creating tension, in when there's daylight. already there's already baked in tension into the scene as it is, they're leaving in broad daylight, and they you don't need to hit barrels. Yeah, everyone on Facebook is saying they do leave at night. Yes, I thought so. It's, well, whatever. <laughs> I mean, stats are for nerds. Like, I don't care if they leave at night or during. It would have made day. a huge difference, and James Fraser would have chosen to do it at night. I agree. I agree. It would have been smarter for them to do it at night, but it it, it is what it is. It is it is what it is. Uh, you still got the same idea. You still got the same premise of of these characters leaving at the time that they did. Yeah. But you know, you you brought up James Fraser here, and I <sighs> I, I think this is really smart. And I want to talk about uh, uh, Roger through Jamie's lens, or better yet, Jamie through Roger's lens. Ooh. Meaning, this season. <laughs> has been quite good. We're, we're a quarter of the way in, and we'll get into that conversation. We'll put a pin in that. But we're a quarter of the way in, and it's both good and bad in that this season so far has been more about fixing the wrongs of season four, in my opinion, than propelling the story of season five forward. Um, I think you may change the second half of your statement in a little bit. but But so far... I mean, so yes. far within the context that I have yes. as a show watcher, this season has been about, okay, we messed up season four with the relationships and the people that we are supposed to care about. Let's fix it. And a primary example of how they're doing that is the relationship between Jamie and Roger. Mm-hmm. Listen, the, when you know you need to curry favor for a specific character... One of the simplest and most effective ways to do that is make them unfairly criticized. You, as a human, you as a viewer, as a human, no, but as a human, okay, you tend to gravitate towards those people. Somebody who's getting bullied, somebody who is unfairly being uh, criticized, unfairly judged. You want to mm-hmm. help them. They're like the puppy dogs. Yeah, you know, you, you, you're beating a puppy dog for nothing, and that's what Roger is. He's the puppy dog. And they're making you finally care about Roger in a very specific way because they're using Jamie, the one who you actually really love, and they're making him do something wrong to Roger, Mm -hmm. like purposely, Mm -hmm. which is, Roger, you suck. (laughs) Like, Jamie has no time for Roger. He's got no time for the decisions that Roger makes. Roger can't do anything good. And how you repair the relationship between the two but most importantly, the relationship that we, the viewer, has with Roger is by making Jamie unfairly criticize him. Would you agree with this statement or not? I'm going to agree somewhat with you because I think, you know, what we did is we got to be in this this episode seeing Roger make these choices, see him really think through the process and trying his darndest to make sure that nobody got shot, that he kept all the men safe. So we got to see Roger's plan and execution 
and then we got to see him sing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, let me fan myself <laughs> for a moment. Let me fan myself for a moment. Oh. Um, and then exactly, we see Jamie come in, you know, reprimanding him, and we just we want we're just a fly on the wall saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, slow your roll, Jamie." Roger did a pretty good job. He tried his best. So I agree with you that what this episode, and I do think that the season is helping us do, is seeing Roger's perspective of a gentleman who's been thrown into a different century than he belongs in, who's really, really trying his best for his family, literally just came here for Bray, and now he's in a militia. Right. <laughs> he's going off to fight these regulators but and... he could have just said no thanks like why don't you just keep me in the house it's big enough mm-hmm. like just hide me he could have been a coward and just kind of fulfilled the role that Jamie has almost put him in but instead he's stepping up and really trying his hardest so I agree with you that I think the show is trying to have those people who do not love show Roger like mm-hmm. people who are just show watchers who yeah. don't know do not love Roger I do think that this has been a perfect way for us to root for the underdog mm-hmm. and, and the, the thing is too you're right mary roger is just doing the the best that he can um which is fine but again when you're looking at it through the jamie's lens again you you, you have to curry favor with that character like you just you have to, mm-hmm. and regardless of whether we're the or not Claire, we're Claire being like, honey, yeah. he's trying, and, and you he's know what? trying, yeah, right, and because, because we know we that are... he's trying, and yes, we we know like because we're twentieth twentieth twenty first century people watching this show, being like, that's probably what I would have done too. Like Jamie, like why are you being a dick? Like don't do that. Um, and w- w- regardless of whether or not the this the show. Um, or or the books maintain this level of animosity between uh, Roger and Jamie. I think we, as uh, the show, has to probably heighten it even more to make up for the for the pitfalls of what season four caused, and that's why I think they're emphasizing it so much. Which is why, in the end, despite the fact that this is such an episodic part of television, that I don't think is part of the language of Outlander in much of the same vein as was last episode where it's like, I can't see anything else happening other than going to the Beardsley's house and just staying with that. I can't see you accomplishing the same kinds of things without having an episodic feel in season in, in episode four. Agreed. I don't think you can do it. It has to be its own piece. Because when I look at it, when I look at it and I say, okay, how would, without knowing the story differently, how would I have put these two scenes, like these two episodes mm-hmm. together? Mm-hmm. How would have, how would I have done it? Mm-hmm. And I would have said, nope, it's gotta be its own thing. Both of them. I, I probably, even though I'm not a big fan of it, I probably would have done, made the same choice if I were a showrunner oh. looking at it. So maybe not such a low rating for this episode? No, no, it's still a low rating. It's still a 449. Which still isn't that bad. Which is not bad. Which is not bad. But oh, before I forget, when Morton says, yeah, you know, would you have uh, gone home? Would would you like go home or would you, you know, would you not come back for your love? The cynic in me, the cynic in me was saying, yeah, Roger didn't come back in season four. So he did. He just he, a had a long it. way to go by himself. Uh, no, no, he left. He left. I don't care what anybody says. That guy. It, it's an unforgivable mistake. I'm not saying. I'm not saying I can't move past it. 
I'm saying it's always there. It's always there. And it's sadly, always going to be. The- Jamie is a Taurus. Right. You, you know, Jamie ain't going to give that up. Like, you left, Tor- dude. Tauruses don't forget. They don't forget nothing. They forget, I'm married but to they a Taurus. I'm married to one. I know this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, part of me was like, ooh, is this meant to be there to highlight the fact that Roger, like, took his time and left? You know, but he came back. But like, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. As a show watcher, this is what came up to me. That this is, uh, this is the thing that. So there's happened. this baby. There's just this straight up baby. Here's a question for you. Yes. So they've got all the goats. They just like took the goats because they needed the goats' milk, and they're like, "Cool, we've got to feed this baby." How do you feed a baby when you don't have a bottle, and you got goat milk? Like, will the baby drink from a cup? Do you like? Put it on your finger and have the baby suck your <laughs> finger, and there'll be like a stream. Does the baby drink right from pour, a goat's like nipple uh, <laughs> teeth? I don't teeth? know. Do you pour it into the kid's mouth? Like when they're when they're literally a newborn? Yeah. Like how do you even do that? I don't know. I don't know. Either. I th- I think there's some kind of like finger drip thing. That's what I'm thinking. I. You know what. I'm just glad to be in the 20th century where I can get bottles. Seriously, 21st century. Man. So there she, there they are with the goats and everything. I, I want to talk about the great conversation that happens between... Dip cloth into the milk, they're saying, or oh, an okay. eyedropper. Um, Claire soaked a cloth in milk. Oh, yes. <laughs> Here I am thinking, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Thank you. Thank I want, you. I want to talk about the great conversation between Jamie and Claire, and uh, seeing that like there's this great moment when they're walking back from the potty, and you know she sees him dancing, and she's like, "Oh my god!" I did. I, you could tell that um, that she had no idea that Jamie could dance. Yes. Um, but they're walking away from the party. She's like, "Where are you taking me?" Oh, away from prying eyes. Um, but after like, there's this great shot of them from of them from behind. Yes, and like he kind of twirls her into his arm. Oh my God, it was so sweet, swoonworthy right there. the The relationship between di- the relationship dynamic between the two, even though we didn't have actual sex, the there's intimacy there. There's intimacy there that you haven't gotten a whole ton of really since season one, um, it, it, even season two. Um, they they didn't really have it. Season three, they weren't around each other enough to have it. And season four was just, in my opinion, so rushed that you didn't really have an opportunity to have this kind of intimate moment. So when Jamie says to her, uh, Beecham, Randall, Fraser, you married to somebody that I don't know about mm-hmm. here, Sassanac? Like, what are we doing? And, uh, and he's saying to her later on, you can't even walk in a straight line. Like, the, the dynamic between these two, as it's written on the page, is not only lovely... It is um, very well acted, Agreed. and the, de- the delivery on it is extremely believable. And it reminds you why you love Outlander. Mm-hmm. This was the most Outlander part of the show um, that I can I can point to, other other than the looming presence of of uh, Stephen Bonnet. Agreed. Well, and this is why, you know, I forget who someone had commented on Facebook Live, you know, if I give this episode a five, but there's no sex. And I have said that before I need I need some uh, rumpy pumpy for this to be a five. That scene to me was this 
was the Jamie Claire dynamic of season one of just this love that I love to see this couple portray mm-hmm. uh, just tender moments and yes there's there's tough things looming over them you know obviously sure. Stephen Bonnet is around there's this looming war there's the regulators and yet Jamie and Claire can still find these moments of- yeah English or Greek you know like oh. that thing you know say it backwards yes and, you know it, the fact that you can even say it forwards makes makes you a lot in a better shape than me like <laughs> well and, and these are moments that we often miss in the show in my opinion um like jamie's really funny and i the the jamie claire dynamic you do you get to have this really sweet fun banter and i don't think we've been able to have that as often interwoven in the show sure um and these are this moment i i didn't need sex I know. No, and that and that's the beauty. Like I know a lot of people say I want the sex, I want the sex, I want the sex. I know we've had some listener feedback about like that, but the sex part of it is lazy to me. It's lazy writing. And I remember reading um I remember reading Dragonfly and Amber and I remember reading Outlander and I was like I get to the sex part and I'm like okay, just like fast forward like or, or like flip the page like come on, all right, let's get to the point. Like I I don't care. Like it, it's nice to watch, and sure, they're two beautiful people doing doing beautiful things to each other. Sure, great, but it's lazy writing. Like this is the kind of intimacy that I want to see. This is the kind of thing that I that I need. This is in Jamie or, and Claire in order yes. to believe in the relationship. Yes, the sex is great, but if if you if you got nothing up upstairs, then what the hell's the point? So he asks her if she wants this baby, and they get to talk about how he didn't get to raise a child with her and mm-hmm. how he can just tell how she's, he loves seeing her with a baby in her arms mm-hmm. and is, you know, maybe this is our second chance. Sure. And that dynamic is something mm. that the show, I'm very proud of it for tackling because there is this relationship dynamic that the two haven't shared with each other. You it can be proud of Diana. It is a, well, I mean, yeah, but but I'm proud <laughs> but of the yes, show for tackling yes, it. Like, yes, for acknowledging it, they haven't parented yeah. with each other. They haven't raised a child. No. They haven't, you know. And it also shows you the the sensitivity that Jamie has, not only for for Claire. I'm remembering what I said to you last night. What? When I was like, "Here, continue. You're you're on like a nice tra- trajectory." Oh, I'll sorry. go back to my funny thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. The um. I don't even remember what I was saying now. Okay, so here's what I here's here's what happened. Uh, maybe like 20 minutes after the episode, Blake and I acted a scene out. This is this is what actually happened in, in Jamie and Claire's minds. Okay, so Jamie thinks to himself, "Oh my god." I totally watched a baby overnight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when Brie and Roger got married, we had Jemmy and I freaking nailed that man. I nailed it. I got to like make out my with my wife and then change a baby diaper. I'm awesome with babies. Babies are easy. I got this. And then he says all this to Claire because he's like, oh, yeah, I'd love to raise a child with you. And in Claire's mind, she's going through the Rolodex of like what it actually takes to have a newborn baby and the sleepless <laughs> nights and the dirty diapers and all this stuff. And Jamie just thinks it's going to be a walk in the park. And she's, like, she's like, oh, honey, that's really, really nice. But Oh, oh honey. Oh, honey. No. But, um, <laughs> I like being a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> when they poop, I just get to give them back. Give them right back. Just hold them out like this and say, <laughs> I think he needs to be changed. Can't wait to be a grandparent just to do that stuff. Just to just be like, nope, here you go. Here's the kid. Like, I can I get, can wait. Give him all the chocolate chips. Give him all like the candy. Rile them all up and kick him out of the house and say goodbye. 
And they, you know, Claire's enjoying this 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 chapter of their lives, this new adventure. So, yep. yep. No, I agree. I but agree. I just, I just loved the innocence of Jamie, and that's all I was picturing was Jamie, like the night after Bree and Roger, when they give Jimmy back. I could just picture him like cracking his knuckles, being like, "I'm I got awesome. This. I got this, bro. I could do new boards any day." <laughs> but um, so again, yeah. And actually, I kind of remember what I was saying before. This conversation. Even though it's a it's a drunken conversation, it's one that's kind of we tipsy, you, a little tipsy, a little having a little fun with it, um, making some bad decisions. You know, um, this conversation is one that I'm proud of the show for tackling because these two have not been parents together. They have not gone through the ringers of this stuff, and they genuinely regret it. They like they both. And even though I know Claire is happy with Brianna and that she raised Brianna with Frank, and I think she tried her best, I think she genuinely regrets not having Jamie be a part of Brianna's oh my gosh, life. Of course, and and not only that, it shows you the kind of sensitivity that Jamie has to Brianna mm-hmm. and and to Claire, obviously, with trying to give her something that he feels like she deserves with him, uh, creating life together. And, and where's her kitten? I mean, we all seen Adso. <laughs> Just give give her a dog. I don't know. No, we've like we've all seen the little wee kitty. Like, so we're not. I'm not spoiling anything. Mm-hmm. You've seen a little gray cat, and so, all the promo, like all the little things. So, uh, Just saying. So that's that. Got any? Um, got anything else you want to talk about, real quick? She talks about that they die. Oh yes, that's right. Their obituary. This is she one of those drops that bomb. It's coming down from the clouds with this one. Like she's like, yeah, well, we do have this obituary. Hanging Emo Claire comes out. <laughs> I wish the sun were as black as my heart. I don't know if we should have a baby since we're gonna die in a couple of years. <laughs> you know, that I mean, obituary. we're dying every day, right? Every every day, a little bit, right? Jamie? Can't forget about that thing. <laughs> <laughs> What's it all mean anyway, Jamie? What's it all mean? What's the point? We're just going to die. Everything we are, it's going to be erased. No. <laughs> I loved this episode. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah, no, this 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 was a good episode. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yes. But it's very episodic. And I feel like there's some, there, there's a lot of context well, you know what? Let's do this. You got an outlandish theory? I mean, I have an outlandish theory if you'd like. I am not allowed to really have outlandish theories. That's right. Unless it's about like Murta, who doesn't exist in the book. Well, I got an outlandish theory and let's get to it. Okay. So as we all know, Roger is going home and he's escorting Claire, the most important person in Jamie's life, by the way, as we know that. Love. And I love the fact that Claire said this. It actually reminded me quite a bit of you, Mary. <laughs> that is something that is ex- exactly yes. what you would say. Yes. And I, I <laughs> smiled a little bit knowing that. Um, we all know that Roger's going home and he's escorting Claire, so on and so forth. But we also know that Bree is on high alert. And even though she ain't talking to anybody about it, she's on high alert. So my feeling is something along these lines is going to happen. Roger is going to come home. And Jemmy and Jermaine or whoever, the kids are going to be off doing their own thing. Jermaine's going to be reciting poetry yeah. in the next episode. <laughs> and like they're going to be watched by Mrs. Bug or, who, or whoever, right? And I hope not Mrs. Bug. She sucks. Roger's going to be looking for, for Brianna, but she ain't there. She's like, he can't find us. So he, he goes and sees Jemmy. He picks him up. 
And, like, I actually he, love Mrs. Bug. And, yes. he, and he takes them and he like and he like goes for a walk or whatever. Do you like, like that I'm ruining your outline. I know. Thank you so much. I'm yeah. just picturing Mrs. Bug be like, here, play with a stick of dynamite. It's perfect. Tell when the hosts aren't listening. Okay, fine. Roger goes home. He's holding Jemmy. <laughs> he's holding Jemmy and maybe goes for a little bit of a walk or whatever. He's going to find Brianna later. And Brie walks over, sees that Jemmy is not there again, and she bugs out again. Get it? Bug? Oh! Um, she freaks out again. But then Roger turns around and is like, hey, what are you talking about? Like, And then she's like, oh, sorry. Um, what are you talking about? Like, I, I, I'm here. and she, But she thinks that it's Stephen Bonnet who has taken um, the kid. And she had, she's forced to tell Roger that Stephen Bonnet, she knows that he's alive. And Roger bugs out again. And that's the whole impetus for him wanting to get trained by Jamie so that he can go take out Stephen Bonnet. Which then leads me to believe also that the that the regulator storyline has to take place later on. Because now this will get us into the Stephen Bonnet storyline of what's happening. And they're going to have to figure out how Roger's going to go to get Bonnet and it's going to be a thing. So that's that. What do you think, Marvin? Do I get an interesting? Interesting. Just, just in, like wow, that was that was aggressively bad. I know. Mock me. Please hang up and try just again. Just this darn cat to show up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marvin. Final thoughts. We're at we're at an hour four on this. That's one. my Atlantis theory. A little gray kitty's gonna enter our lives. A Fi- chitty. Final <laughs> thoughts. What do you got? I loved this episode and I am going to enjoy rewatching it so much more than last week's episode, which I will definitely rewatch at some point, some time again, but stinky. Well, uh, not as stinky was this one. No, not, not as stinky. All um, those apples for, for me, uh, the final thoughts are thus, this episode was good. I enjoyed it in a similar fashion to the way I enjoyed last episode. But there is a lot of exposition happening here. There is a lot of talking. There is a lot of setup. Hold on tight, Spider uh, no, no, Monkey. I get it. I get it. But as a show watcher, like, you know, these things, these things are frustrating. They're frustrating because I don't know the story coming up. And it's like, okay, what are we doing? Like, we, we just spent last, last week I said, okay, cool little experiment, Walking Dead inspired Outlander. Cool. Awesome. Love it. Next episode, better no, get things pumping. No, that this is a whole different thing. I'm telling you. Okay. Just have patience. It's because you're podcasting about each episode that you feel this way. But I think if you were to be watching it, and then once you see what happens, you'll be like, oh. Yeah. And, and, and I, <laughs> I get it. I get it. But no, I mean... You, you, Listen, just because we're podcasting about it doesn't mean that I don't watch television in a similar fashion with other shows. Like, um, again... We have to watch the preview, don't forget. uh, No, that's for a listener feedback episode. Oh, okay. Um, Like, I'm watching Better Call Saul. And, like, better right now, because I'm just catching up with season five. Better Call Saul is is expertly told. It's expertly told. Uh, and And even though there are some things that are just somewhat episodic, each episode, even in smaller fashions or larger fashions, moves the story forward and it connects the whole thing. These two episodes, past two, just seem to be one-offs. And it's frustrating because instead of using Morton and uh, Alicia to tell this story about, you know, love is amazing and love can conquer all. I'll do everything for love and I'll sacrifice anything for love. Why can't we just have that with, with Jamie and Claire or Roger and Bree? 
I mean, like, Roger is more concerned with impressing Jamie than hearing the fact that he gets to go home to his wife. Like, he's concerned about being like, well, Jamie doesn't like me. Like, what? What are we talking about? So that's the frustrating thing. But I will say, the relationships were really good, and the craft that was used here was excellent. So I enjoyed it because of that, in the same way that I enjoyed last episode. Awesome. So that's that. All right. Malvin, you ready to close us out? Yes. Let's do it. When Jamie's telling Josiah, like, no, you're 14. Yeah, no, no, you're 14. You're 14, and that's why you can't fight. And you gotta go to the right. No, yeah, I think you, you think you're older, but you're not. I'm telling you you're not because I don't want you to die. <laughs> <laughs> so you're 14. Another go one of home. the moments that I just loved of Jamie. I would agree with that one. That, that was one that we did not talk about, but luckily you brought it up. Thank you. Oh, that's well, why I, you're the best. Yeah, I'm seeing the moment there, and I'm like, that's something I really wanted to make sure I could, could reach out. We want to thank all of you who have taken the time on your podcast apps to leave a written review. And if you've already leave, left a written review, you can always go back and search the word Outlander and find OutlanderCast in your podcast app and like the uh, comments that other people have left. We want to thank right now Hecky, who said Outlander royalty. Droughtlander is officially done and dusted for Outlander, is back with Mary and Blake with their insightful, wonderful, and entertaining banter. I highly recommend them and could listen to their delightful podcasts all day. Oh, thank you. They are the tops in podcasting, and I give them 10 kilts across the board. Oh, hey, thank dub- you, doubling Hecky. the kilts. Right? The right? double game. So thank I'm you all about so it. much. I'm all about it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us and subscribing and for the comments and the and uh, and the reviews. As always, please go to maryandblake.com and check out all the podcasts that we have available, including This Is Us 2 or The North Remembers for Game of Thrones or the Hamilton podcast Rise Up uh, or even You've Been Gilmore, which is a Gilmore Girls podcast. Uh, there are so many podcasts that we have, including one for The Crown, which is amazing. Uh, you can check all of them out there at maryandblake.com and search for Mary and I on all the social media. Just look up Mary and Blake, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. We're there. Come chat with us. Email us. Have fun. Just Mary and Blake. We want to thank all of the members of Outlander cast staff. If you have not yet, the Minute by Minute Recap, written by our editor-in-chief, Ashley, uh, I would love for you to check it out. Just go to outlandercast.com. It's the most recent blog post. So if you just click the read the blog, it'll pop right up there. Mm-hmm. Always. Weekly. She just brings it, man. Some amazing witter, <laughs> witty banter. Really fun tidbits. It's like reading a blog by your fun best friend. Uh, right. We also want to thank... Thank our patrons for making this possible and everyone who's recently joined the OutlanderCastClan.com. Which are which is growing exponentially, by Thank the way. You. It, it, like like all of the sales at Minute with Mary because of these episodes, OutlanderCastClan.com. There are so many nerds joining it. It's awesome. And truly, it makes the website possible. It makes the, the studio possible. It helps pay for our babysitter so we can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, truly, truly, this would not happen without you all. So thank you. We want to especially thank our most generous patient, uh, patrons, Angie, Candy, Carolyn, Celine, Dawn, Diane, Jeffrey, Jennifer, Marilyn, Maureen, Patricia, Siobhan, uh, Stephanie, Valerie. I'm wearing um, contacts that actually are not my correct prescription. Oh, sweet. Fun okay. fact. Amanda, <laughs> Ann Lee, Barbara, Dana, Janet, Keelan, Lori Ellen, Mary Ann, Meredith, Raynal, Rita, Sharon, Tina, and Whitney, as well as 
our executive producers, Anne, Bobby D, Jen, Katie, Kirsty, Martha, Nadra, Peg, and Sarah. And don't forget that we're going to have another episode this week That's about correct. listener feedback. So if you have not yet submitted your feedback yet, you can still do that. Uh, just email us at maryandblakemedia at gmail.com or outlandercast at gmail.com. And you can also send us a voicemail. Just go to one of our websites, either maryandblake.com or outlandercast.com. Click on the engage or contact us buttons where you will see another th- drop down that says voicemail. Click that and you'll be able to talk to us on SpeakPipe. That is our preferred method for voicemails just because it sounds wicked pissa. Sounds wicked pissa and it sounds like you're in studio. Love it. I love it too. Well, on that note, my friends, we're going to wrap things up here and head on over to OutlanderCastClan.com for the After Dark episode. The special so thank After you. Dark episode. Yes. What kind of food should we eat for this one? Because we always eat food and have a drink with oh, the After Dark. Yeah. Um, how about those peanut butter pretzels? Uh, if you get me the pretzel thins, maybe with some hummus, I could get on board. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For now, my name is Mary. My name's Blake. And you've been listening to OutlanderCast.